I just walked in and had me my dinner. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Always the Last to Know. I am Ash. I'm Katie. And I just put myself aware right next to where I'm recording this. So sorry if everyone heard that. I'm going to move it. Okay. I'm going to say I heard it. They definitely heard it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> this is what happens when you take a little time off and you forget what you're supposed to say just to start the episode. So sorry about that. <laughs> I was like waiting for you to talk and then I was like, wait, I, I start this yeah, every you time. Al- you always start it. I was just like, all right, Ash, like, let's, <laughs> we, let's we clap. Start. Let's start. <laughs> we did the counting now. Okay. Anyway. Hi, everyone. How Hello. are you? I'm... <laughs> They're not good. That's, I know Yeah, that. I know. I don't even know why I bothered to ask. No one's good. It's because it's what we're supposed to do. But um, <laughs> at this point, it's just a fucking rude question. So. <laughs> not even going to bother to ask. Shit sucks. Sorry, y'all. Yeah. The um, world's on fire. Uh, we're pretty fucking angry about it. And I hope everyone listening is. I hope you're drinking water. That's yeah. pretty much all I've got. Unclench your jaw. If possible. If possible, take a breath and drink some water. Yeah. Yeah. That's my advice for you today. That's good advice. (laughs) Good advice people should follow every day. Every day. As I drink my wine. All right, Katie. So, wait. Do we have, like, any business to attend to? I don't think so. No, we don't. (laughs) No. No, we don't. (laughs) <laughs> wait i i can't remember uh oh yeah i did tell people that we pushed the wedding back but yes fully happening october 15th this year not fully like i'm just getting married but party next year a, a legal Yay. document will be signed a legal document <laughs> yeah i mean that's really that's what it is that's it i'm excited to see the two of you in person yeah it's gonna be fun yeah we oh my god we should record an episode while we're all together we haven't even talked about this oh. that's because we don't have the technology to do it the three of us in person <laughs> <laughs> but when you're here we should we should do it we should do an episode together when you're here for the wedding we can try and think you know let's not get into this right now okay, okay. i'll explain to you why it's not possible anyway Um, so, this week... (laughs) Yeah, enlighten us on what you're about to drop some knowledge on. So, we've been covering stuff about systemic racism and things like that. This is definitely there. It's the same area-ish, um, but not quite as on the nose as the rest of our topics. So I'm going to be talking about the United States Postal Service, its history, and um, what's going on right now, and why it's important, and how, I don't know, I guess why everyone is talking about the Postal Service the way that they're talking about it, and also just to let people know that people have been after the post office since forever. So a really long time. (laughs) A real long time. Um, but the thing I do want people to keep in mind is just this statistic from NPR, um, that talks about how the post office has always been a 
um, employer for African Americans and Black people. Today, African Americans make up 27% of the Postal Service, about twice their share of the overall workforce. Um, it's always been a predominantly large job for the black community. It's one of the only jobs that they were able to start taking just after the Civil War when Congress passed a law that ended the white-only hiring practice for postal jobs. Um, and Damn. it's also like a really good paying job. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't always been that, and we'll get into that a little bit, but that's one of the reasons we're talking about this in line with everything else that we've discussed is that it does predominantly affect black people more um, than white people. All right. Anyway. Lay it on me. So, the few sources for this, there's a Business Insider video, there's this um, American History of the USPS PDF that's on USPS.com. Ooh. It's very interesting. Straight um, from the source? Straight from that. Oh my god, my throat. <clears throat> Hold on. Are you okay? <coughs> yeah, no, I'm totally fine. I'm just so fucking tired. My voice is giving out. <laughs> um, NPR. Just like some news stuff. But I wanted to just list that off the bat of where I got my info. Awesome. Um, so. The U.S. Postal Service has been delivering mail since before the Declaration of Independence was even signed. Um, they were a big fucking deal and was how the generals and the people who were revolting against Britain were giving out um, letters and stuff during the Revolutionary War. And all of the that. O- the OG boys in blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The real, the real ones. ones. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, in 1775, Ben Franklin, Benji Franklin, was appointed the p- first postmaster general. And basically, like, it was his, like, like now it was, like, an official job where you got some money and you had to distribute the letters from Congress to the armies during the Revolutionary War. Ooh. Then, it was our boy, our boy, our boy, Georgie Washington, who signed in the Postal Service Act which basically gave the Congress, like, the authority to make the U.S. Postal Service and regulate it. So they were the ones who were like, you have to take this route to get here to here so that things are safe and you can't open people's mail and (laughs) stuff like that. Can't intrude on people's privacy like that. Yeah, because before that, it was just totally legal to open people's mail. Um, Although I'm like... Dan's parents love to open his mail. That's a federal offense, and they should not do that. I know. So. My parents have definitely done it for me before, when stuff has gone to, like, their house still. And I'm just like, guys, mail come fraud. on. That's don't mail hand, fraud. Don't open it. Don't answer it. Don't open it. Oh, my God. You can't open that. That's not okay. That is not okay. Stop opening my shit. Congress says... Congress said, you're breaking the law. Breaking the law. Um, so as the country is advancing, um, things for USPS start advancing. So like in 1823, we start uh, using waterways to like mail stuff out. Ooh. Um, and then they're like, wow, we should really regulate a way for people to like 
send things that's not money. So then in 1847, the first stamps were issued. Nice. Yeah. And then by 1896, they started delivering mail to rural areas, which meant that people didn't have to, like, go and collect their mail from the post office in their town. Mail would start being delivered, like, right to their actual houses. Nice. And then it was, like, by 1923, all houses had, like, mail slots or mailboxes. The convenience of it all. I love it. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, find old school advertisements trying to, like, bolster up some excitement about, like, no, your mail comes right to you. No more <laughs> annoying trips to the post office. Um, and things like that. It's actually really funny. So then... Oh, we should definitely find some of those and post them. I have a few for this next one. In 1963, zip codes became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, ZIP stands for Zone Improvement Plan. So basically they started making us write in some of their codes on their numbers because it saves them some time figuring, yeah. like writing that in and figuring it out. I'm sure it was kind of like a wild free-for-all before. It kind of was. Well, you'd, kind of, you'd have to give them your letter and they'd be like, oh, you want to send it to where? Uh, Portland, Maine? Like, okay, let me go and look on this map and figure out where that is in Portland and where, you know, like, they were the ones who kind of had to do all of that work. So then they're like, no, fuck this. You guys are going to write that shit on. (laughs) You guys write that on our envelopes now. We're done with this. Um, And that was just, like, an even further thing of them trying to, like, improve mail. Um, so now it's like the 1960s and cars have improved and we're not like fully just using boats for oceanic travel. We've got like airplanes and shit and things are advancing except for the post office. Um, So they're struggling with like outdated equipment underpaid workers, crowded facilities that were built in, like, the 1930s that were, like, designed for mail that was traveling by train, but now it's the 1960s and trucks have fully replaced trains. Yeah. Um, So you need a real good update on the systems to keep up with the... And there's so many more people also in 1960 than 1930, so the demand is so much higher, too. Exactly. So, for example, between 1940 and 1960, mail volume went up 230%. Bam, look at that shit. (laughs) Yeah, but in order for any decisions to be made, um, Congress had to do it because Congress was fully in charge of um, the post office. Which, and then it was called the post office department because it was literally just a department that Congress ran. Yeah. So, 1963, Christmas season. There's so much mail that the Chicago post office trucks literally cannot make it into the terminal to, like, unload things and reload their trucks because there's just mountains of mail bags. So much mail was delivered so late that they were still playing catch-up on Christmas mail by the time Valentine's Day rolled around. What? 
what? What the yes. fuck? Those poor yes. people. Can you imagine? I.e. the workers, not the people waiting for their packages. Fuck that. The workers. Oh, my God. Dude, Just the sight of that must have been so overwhelming. The smell of rotting fruitcake. Oh! Christmas. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Who the fuck ships fruitcake? People in <laughs> fucking 1963. It's prime fruitcake shipping time. Are you joking? That's exactly when they were doing that. I know, that. but just like, ugh, disgusting. Yeah, no. People who make and eat fruitcake hate whoever they're sending that to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you would do that, but I know that they did it, and those poor post office workers had to fucking smell that rotting disgustingness. Yeah, man, that's too much. Yeah. So, it happened again in October of 1966. Of course it did. Of course, yeah. And then it took a full month to clear the backlog there. Mm. So, like, why October, though? That seems so random. It's not really the holidays yet. I mean, there's Halloween, but... But let's think about, like, it's 1966. There's really no emails going down. Schools have just started. Mm. People are moving. You need your doctor's shit. You need your school records. True. True, true, true. I don't know why, but that's just... I'm just imagining... It's just interesting to me. September, <laughs> for me, feels like the start of something new. Yeah, like new shows start. School starts. So, for some reason, I didn't even question that that happened in October. <laughs> Not no, even right. a little. I feel like you're right. Definitely. Uh, so in February of 1967, the current Postmaster General, Lawrence F. O'Brien, testified before Congress um, that the post office was, and I quote, in a race with catastrophe. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. You could say that again. You could. Congress and the president, who was Lyndon B. Johnson, which I totally had to Google, because it didn't say that in the article that I... And Business Insider didn't say, testifying to President Lyndon B. Johnson, I had to go it and be like... It just said the president. It just said oh, the president, and I had to fucking go and look like, up who's the fucking, fucking president in February of 1967. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I would not have known that. We don't just all know that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, he created the President's Commission on Postal Organization. It seems like such an unnecessary step when you find out why. <laughs> so basically it was just a group of people asking, like he put together a group of people and asked them to determine if the postal system as presently organized is capable of meeting the demands of our growing economy and our expanding population. Which, Obviously like, fucking not. Did you why listen to, to Lawrence? Ask, right? Do we really need to ask that question? That's a no-brainer right there. The answer no. is no. We were just told it's at a race with catastrophe. You think we need to fucking sit around and ask, like, oh, is it, do we really, like, Lyndon, no. Man was backed up for multiple months, guys. Like, let's get it together. Clearly, there's an issue with the system. Dude. Wow, that's an overarching theme of our country. Issues in the system. Um, yeah, so the answer was no, and it took them until 1968 to come to that conclusion. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. So, That's ridiculous. It, it should have taken, what, an hour? 
right? to realize. Not even. Oh, I, I honestly can't believe it took them a fucking year. And once again, I'm highly disappointed in our government. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so here's the what they decided officially. That a self-supporting postal corporation owned by the federal government should be created. Not a group of people that Congress has to decide on when Congress is meeting. Because the way that they fucking work is just upsetting. It's insane. Congress should work every day, but that's not what we're talking about. <sighs> Uh, so this way they'd be able to like make decisions for themselves which like they should because they work every day rain snow sun hurricanes sheets snowstorms they have some thing that they used to say like yeah no matter what rain snow sun nor sleet nor rain yeah there it is there that that whole thing Mm -hmm. that whole jam yeah. Which they, which like back in elementary school, they used to be like, yeah, we're going to praise them. And we've got this cute little rhyme and like, they're so important, but then you're going to treat them like shit and try to defund them. Like, okay. Seriously. Okay. Hypocrites. Uh, they, all hiring and promotions in the postal service is to be made on merit based and non-political basis. <laughs> Do we really have to fucking say that? Oh my god. Okay. And even though that's in there, it still didn't stop it from happening. Of course it didn't. Um, That postal employees be transferred from federal civil service to a new postal career service, and that conditions of employment for non-managerial employment be determined through collective bargaining between labor and management. So that's a really wordy way of saying that um, they uh, have to figure out, uh, like, between them, Postal Service employees who are being taken from the federal civil service, which is what they are now, Mm -hmm. over to their new career service, um, they're conditions like payment and things like that are now going to be determined through collective bargaining which we will get into in a little bit and this right here is a really really big deal okay so we'll get to that okay um and that postage rates be set by a board of directors after hearings by rate commissioners and that's subject to a veto by congress so they can't just you know fuck around with posted rates that has to be sort of a, a fair thing yeah <clears throat> not so just keeps it fair but <laughs> no, not at all so then in 1970 that fuckwad nixon was like uh, yes, okay. <laughs> we're gonna give you guys a 4.5 percent retroactive raise mm. and then you can also, we're going to make it so that you can reach your top pay in eight years instead of 21. So before Nixon, it would have taken 21 years of working for the fucking post office for you to reach your max pay. Wow. That's now, a ridiculous amount of time. And keep in mind, before this shit, your conditions, you didn't have collective bargaining, which again, we'll get to. And it wasn't fucking merit-based. 
Yeah. Before this. It wasn't legally required to be merit-based. Okay. So. Now, some people hear, oh, a 4.5 retroactive raise. Like, that's fucking dope. Huh, huh, huh. Until you realize that that same year, according to Business Insider, Congress had given themselves a 41% raise. Oh, fuck that. Come yeah. on. So postal employees literally, not literally, figuratively said, um, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> so on March 18th, 1970, the postal strike began. This started in New York City, but it grew everywhere. So it's really important to know that this strike was not just about the conditions that they worked in and was not just about um, their raise. It's about Mm -hmm. the fact that before the Postal Reorganization Act, which is the things that we were just talking about, Mm -hmm. postal workers were not permitted by law to engage in collective bargaining, meaning they weren't allowed to negotiate with employers for better salary working conditions, benefits, or any other aspect of workers' compensation and rights. That's ridiculous. It's also important to know that at this time in 1970, a majority of postal workers were black and people of color. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. Now we see why. There it is. Yeah. So the postal, this lasted for a few days and they finally were able to give in after hundreds of thousands of people went on strike all over the U.S. Good on them. Um, the Postal Reorganization Act completely changed the Postal Office Department that it was then into the USPS that we know now. It's not funded by taxes, but a self-supporting corporation that exists as its own entity. Mm-hmm. Um they have stamps, you know, they have different services that you pay for, and then they do all your mail things. <laughs> um, so they were crushing it and cruising pretty fucking solid for a while. And by 18, not 18, 1983, <laughs> they're operating without any taxpayer money whatsoever. That's amazing. Yeah. Competition from UPS and FedEx made them get, like, a little bit creative. But that's not a horrible thing because that brought us express mail and it also didn't really matter because their most lucrative service has always been first-class mail. Yeah. And in 2000, they even partnered with FedEx for its air delivery of first-priority mail and express mail. So, like, they were doing totally fine. Like, totally fine. Um... In the first few years of the 21st century, they operated at a loss, but by 2003, and in my notes, this is what it says, by 2003, it was money, money, money. (laughs) (laughs) Legitimately, they made $9.3 million in profit alone from 2003 to 2006. Nice. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. That's $3 billion a year in profit. (laughs) That's... Amazing. I wish I had that kind of money. Oh my god, don't we all? No, I, a portion of it. <laughs> I don't need all that. Dude, if I had $9.3 billion, you can fucking bet that at the end of that, I'd have $2 million and the rest would be fucking in Clinton. Okay, anyway. Um, yes, I was gonna say, the rest <laughs> would be to save this fucking planet. 
seriously, <laughs> fuck you, Jeff Bezos. Did you know that yeah. he just became the only person ever to now uh, his net worth is two hundred billion dollars? Yeah. I fucking saw that, and um, fuck you. You could give people homes and end world hunger and fix all of our water systems and just fix everything, but you're a selfish piece of shit. If he Fuck liquidated you. his assets fully, he could spend $1 million a day for the next 527 years. Anyway, back to the Postal Service. Keep the rich. Yeah. Um, okay. So, in 2006 came the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act. Um, a bill to reform postal laws. Passed by a Republican-controlled Congress and signed into law by little baby Georgie Bush Jr. The bill... <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. President baby Georgie Bush... Ex-president baby Georgie Bush Jr. The bill required USPS... And this is where... Shit gets confusing. Straight up, I called my stepdad and asked Jim to explain some of this shit to me. Ah, uh, Jim Jim. Jimmy Jam really fucking helped out. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so this bill required USPS to calculate all of its retiree pension and healthcare costs for the next 75 years, including for employees that it's, like, gonna need... You know, so, like, we know we need an extra amount of seasonal employees during this time. So they had to, like, mm-hmm. include all of that and then put away enough money to cover all of those people. Again, including people that they hadn't even hired yet. They got to put away enough money for all of those people to cover them for the next 10 years. That's a lot of money. No one does this. Yeah, that's Nobody weird. does this. Why Why are we... Why? Because these Republicans wanted to make sure that anyone who ever worked for the post office was totally going to have enough money for their health care and to retire. Because Republicans really care. <laughs> hmm... No, in actuality, they're trying to bankrupt the post office in order to make it so that it can be a privatized organization, Mm -hmm. which we will get into an article that um, finance person Robert Shapiro said some things, and I was like, no. (laughs) So we'll get into that. Um, But it's an interesting insight into kind of what some Republicans believe in kind of how they view the Postal Service. Okay. Um, um, an essential fucking service that should be well cared for, fucking assholes? Seriously. <laughs> um, so before this, the Post Office added to and removed from its pension and health care accounts on, like, a day-to-day ongoing basis. So, like, we hire Joe, we add funds, but, oh, no, then we fire Joe so then we can take those out. This is how literally... Basically, every other company runs their pensions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to put this into some number examples, because uh, oh that's how my brain works. Okay. So I'm be- going to try to follow along. Okay. My brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> so before this bill, they were contributing, or on average, $1.6 billion for those who were already retired. Okay. But once this bill had passed... They had to then start putting away $10 billion 
to cover current and future retirees. What the fuck? That's so much money. Yeah. Giving them about an annual loss of more than $5 billion in 2007. Yeah, what the fuck? Which, coincidentally, $5.6 billion is about the exact amount of money that they would have to put away for people who, like, retired. So, like, you can directly see the $5 billion that they had to put away for this new bill was the exact $5 billion annual loss in 2007. People can't see my face, but I'm very upset at this information. Okay, so there's a little bit more. Okay. The bill also changed the restrictions on the post office's ability to set prices for stamps. First class mail, marketing mail, and other products are, this is a quote, tied to the consumer price index. (sighs) So what that means is that... Inflation, right? Yes. Okay. The price <sighs> increases for things couldn't increase without matching whatever percentage inflation happened that year. So, for example, in 2009, there was no inflation, so they couldn't raise the prices. What the fuck? Even if they needed to hire more people and had a higher demand of mail and a higher cost of delivering, etc., they're not allowed to raise stamp prices. It seems like there are so many things that can't raise their prices the way that inflation has over the years. So many things, like minimum wage. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, If you still think our government cares about us, you're wrong. Sidebar. (laughs) So in 2007, because of this act, they incurred almost $78 billion in losses. Since 2007, they've incurred $78 billion in losses. A lot of this comes from the fact that they can't afford to make any payments Oh, no, excuse me. And on top of that, excuse me, they can't afford to make any payments into its pension funds and weren't really able from 2012 to 2016. So they occurred another $55 billion of debt just on top of that. What the fuck? Because they're, like, expected to, like, be put in this cash and for these people who don't even fucking exist as a worker yet. This is insane. Yes. Who thought, okay, do we know, do we know who penned this bill? Who penned the Postal Reorganization Act of 2006? I'm gonna fucking find out right now. It's about to blast them on the fucking internet. Tom Davis, a Republican from Virginia and co-sponsored by Republican John M. McHugh of New York. Oh, interesting. And Democrat Henry Waxman of California and Danny K. Davis of Illinois. Well, all four of you blast you on twitter oh susan collins of fucking course you were in fault fuck you susan collins 
What does it say? What does it say? Senator Susan Collins of Maine uh, shepherded the bill's passage through the Senate. Oh, fuck. <laughs> she did. Fuck you, Susan Collins. <laughs> Shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, you definitely know more about her than I do just from living in Maine. She, yes, she's a Maine senator and we don't fucking hate her. Um, so, some comments on this thing that I am just now have pulled up. Uh, it's one of the most insane laws Congress has ever enacted, according to Dan Casey in July 2014 in the Roanoke Times. Um, yeah, it sounds pretty fucking wild to me. Democrat House member Bill Pascrell from New Jersey said hey. in 2019 <laughs> that it was rushed through Congress without any due consideration. And I bet it fucking was. Yeah. I bet it was. And that it was be the first time. Seriously. It was referred to as one of the worst pieces of legislation Congress has passed in a generation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Our government is awful. Oh, it's so incredible. They so that arrest me one day for how much I say that. Oh my god, yeah. As we continue to dive into a fascist society, guys, if we just completely disappear off the face of the work earth picture it sort of like that scene in v for vendetta yep oh i fucking love that movie it's a great movie i also watched that during the shutdown because what else am i gonna do it's try to relate to dystopian things the scariest thing about that is that v for vendetta takes place in 2020 after the world has been ravaged by a disease oh jesus fucking christ yeah yeah people aren't talking about that enough um Anyway, let's change the subject to talking about something else. So, <laughs> Our shitty fucking government. God damn it. So, that brings us to what is titled in Wikipedia as the 2020 United States Postal Service Crisis. Uh, <laughs> that it is. I crisis for sure. will talk shit on pretty much anyone. I have never been one to talk shit on a postmaster general. Because what a badass fucking title. But our current postmaster general, Louis DeJoy. Yeah. Just he, uh, he dejoys the entire world. How can you be a postmaster general and be such a piece of shit? Mm-hmm. Okay. People are just trying to get their mail, and people are just trying to get paid for bringing people their mail. Like... I, one of my clients, works at the post office. She's a joy. I love her so much. She deserves all the money in the world for keeping that fucking place together where she works because it's crazy. And then our mailman at the salon, Brian, I love the shit out of that dude. He is awesome and always has a smile on his face and so cheerful when he delivers the mail to us. I won't even walk my ass down the fucking street in certain weather because it's too hot. And we've got incredible male people around the country doing it every goddamn day. Yeah. God damn it. Okay. So, <laughs> as you can imagine, this budget deficit that was created by this law has just been fucking rapidly building. And has been incredibly racking up debt after debt after debt. Um, and... They are not funded by taxes. They have been completely self-funded since the 80s. So they 
as a lot of people have known, <coughs> asked for a bailout. I think it was $25 billion, $75 billion um, from Congress. And Congress voted yes. Like, Ayo, we need to do this because of, and I'm just like kind of blasting through this last part, assuming that people kind of know what's going on, which I shouldn't be doing because this podcast is about not knowing what's going on. <laughs> so guys, there's this pandemic thing called coronavirus, COVID-19. <laughs> And an election coming up in November. No one wants to fucking stand in line and then kill their fucking parents because they stood in line to vote. So we all want to vote through the mail. Which, quite frankly, should have been a thing like 20 fucking years ago since no one is willing to give us election day off and still pay us. A client of mine works for the freeholders office of Middlesex County and he was telling me that there is a whole fucking state, I can't remember which one it is, and we will check on that later. I want to say it's like Oregon or something, or... Mm. But everyone, everyone, if they are registered to vote, gets a ballot sent to them in the mail, and it has not been an issue. He said that it has been extremely successful, and I was like, why the fuck can't we all do this then? Because voter suppression. Um, it's, there's a lot, uh, okay. Washington, Oregon, California, Colorado, Utah, Nevada, DC, Hawaii, and New Jersey, it looks like. Oh. And Vermont, um, 44 million voters in nine states plus DC ballots mailed directly to all voters, according to the New York Times. So maybe you can, like, opt into that when you not uh, register to I vote. do. So I know for us in New Jersey, we will get, like, a, like, a, I guess, like, a practice ballot beforehand. And from that, you can, like, uh, I think, request to get a mail-in ballot. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, also, one was not sent to me during this primary because New Jersey's primaries are closed primaries. So I am not registered as a Democrat or Republican. I am registered as unaffiliated, so I did not get one sent to me. So I actually had to go in person. But my my parents are registered as, you know, one in each party. So they got theirs mailed to them. I That's go back and forth between closed and open things mm-hmm. because in texas they have data that shows people in texas purposely go and vote for the weakest candidate of the opposite party because they have an open it's definitely interesting i mean i just had to be asked who i was what party i would be voting for you shouldn't be allowed to anti-vote i you know <laughs> like i shouldn't be so... allowed to go over to the republican party and be like I'm going to make you guys pick the worst candidate. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> a weird American mentality. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? At some point, I'd love to do a thing about voter registration. Why yeah. are we not just automatically registered to vote the second we're fucking born? We we have the technology to do this. I, I just that, don't fucking understand. Yeah. I don't get it. I do like, not get it. Literally, you could just let everyone vote, and they just need to bring their IDs. Here's your social security card. Here's your voter registration card. Hold on to them both. See you when you're 18. Yep. 
be easy so fucked. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> Done. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so the mail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so people want to vote in mail in all of those states that make it possible. In a lot of states, you actually have to have like a full blown legitimate reason, um, which in some states have to be like documented and stuff. Like you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to be visiting my friends down here and I can't vote. <laughs> um, so Donald Trump whose name leaves a gross taste in my mouth, mm-hmm. um, literally has declared his intentions to limit the post office's effectiveness in voting by mail for the 2020 election. He said something along the lines of, like, well, they need the money so they can get up the millions and millions of letters, and if they don't have the money, then they can't get the ballots. It's like... A- a very loose, but I like read it earlier and was like, God, I can't believe. <clears throat> wow, I whew, caught myself there. I forgot I'm being recorded. <laughs> Gonna edit this out. So there's been tons of changes going on as the USPS is like rapidly losing funding and rapidly losing money. Even though Congress has specifically said they intend they voted through this bailout. The Senate has made it clear that they're not super interested in doing that, and Trump has made it clear that he would try and veto it. Checks and balances so, don't necessarily apply to Donald Trump, apparently. By Senate saying that they don't want to push it through, we really truly mean Senator Mitch Turtleface McConnell. Yes. Fuck him. Get out of our government, you piece of shit. There should be an age limit on being Congress. Oh, yeah. Y'all Ooh. don't pass the vibe check. You need to get out. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't pass the vibe <laughs> check. So Wait, Listen, listen. I just saw something earlier on TikTok where this girl was talking about how history has been affected by syphilis because all of these... <laughs> yes, all of these... Wait... All of these hot people in higher powers who had all kinds of mistresses and everything. It was more common than not to have syphilis. And once you get to a later stage of having it, it fucking eats away at your brain and you go bonkers. Al Capone and various others. But I mean, how many of these old fucks with mistresses are sitting in our government right now who possibly probably have some kind of a thing syphilitic holes in their fucking brains but probably have some fucking holes in their brains or just all their weird hazing shit from their fraternities yeah yeah but oh yeah that was that was pretty cool i found literally saw that before we started recording and i was like wow fascinating i didn't even think about how that's affected history and the people who are in power oh my god i think about shit like that all the time Like, I believe that Jesus was real. He was also just a schizophrenic man. I was going to say, we have proof that Jesus was a real human, but I... There was a homie named Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you he got murdered by his city. Because I bet you he was doing... Crazy shit. Some symptomatic things of his schizophrenia. That's all... (laughs) Because <laughs> if that's not the case, then everyone... Okay, I'm so off topic right now. <laughs> Syphilis brains. Uh, 
So we're already rapidly seeing the dismantlement of postal facilities. My sister posted a picture um, of a big truck collecting the um, blue public mailboxes where you can like go and like just put mm-hmm. in your stuff. Um, and there's just all of these different things that are being just taken away from postal facilities, high speed mail sorting machines, um, actual people's jobs you know yeah with the mailboxes being taken away i feel like they want to say that it's because that stuff is not in use as much as it was before but if we're looking at the areas that these are being taken out of these are areas where people need that because they don't necessarily have the transportation or the means to get to their local Yes. Uh, post offices. Exactly. So do we really not need them, or are you just trying to fuck over the USPS again? The thing is, is, like, who is this hurting? Yeah. No one. No, it's hurting no one by this existing here and them being taken away. So now you're seeing things, um, uh, pictures on the internet and news articles about, like, all of the shit that's rotting in various post offices. Um, trigger warning. Animals. Mm. You know how people order chicks in the mail? Oh, God. Yeah, they're not living. Um, I don't know if anyone here has been to your local Petco or PetSmart lately. But there are a lot of dead crickets in pretty much every post office right now. And, like, I literally have a picture that I took of my local. I, like, read an article about it, and then I went to go get some fucking dog food, and there was a thing on the sign that says, like, we apologize. We are currently out of crickets. If you need to feed this animal, feed blizzards this. Feed your whatever this and i was just like oh my god this is like so fucking real (laughs) oh my god that's so disgusting yeah dude yeah it's the fruitcakes all over again but it's living fruitcakes (laughs) dead crickets and baby chicks oh my god Uh, do you listen to armchair expert yes okay i'm a little bit behind but yes okay so there was one recent episode where they were talking about um this, like, great burger place in New York, which they talk about, like, all the time since their tour in New York. Mm-hmm. And then that burger place, like, finally was like, holy shit, we heard you guys love our burgers, so, like, we're gonna send you something in the mail. Oh, that shit is rotting. Um, they even, like, <laughs> made a comment about how they didn't get it. Oh, my God. I would have, like, specialty shipped that shit. Like, how did you send that that is just rotting at the USPS? Oh, I think it like went to them and no one was there, so then it went back. But then there was oh, like God. weird, there was like weird hours, and you know, because a, a lot of post offices also, have very weird hours right now because of the pandemic and because yeah. of being short on staff. Oh yeah, I have been waiting for almost two months now for uh, y'all's uh, bridesmaid earrings to come in the mail. Oh yeah, almost two months and. About three weeks ago, I got multiple texts because I set up like the text to come through notifications. Mm-hmm. 
multiple texts in one day where it said it was leaving the South Jersey uh, like center down there. And then the next day I got two more texts that were all the same message. And it's been nearly a month since then. So fun stuff. Yeah. So just uh, another little thing from uh, Time Magazine. Um, and this is just a direct quote I'll be reading because I saved this article like as we were packing, getting ready for this. Um, so there's a backlog of undelivered mail, according to Postal Union representatives. The Department of Veterans Affairs acknowledged that prescription drugs mailed to veterans via USPS had been delayed by an average of almost 25% no. over the past year. Dude. So there's just so many things that people get in the mail from contacts to prescriptions to food to cat litter. Literally, if it exists, I'm sure there's someone in the world who gets it mailed to them regularly. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really at the end of July, the Postal Service itself sounded the alarm, sending writing, sending warning letters to 46 states um, alerting them that the USPS might not be able to meet their election deadlines. Oh my god. They sent out an actual... I didn't know about that. Yes. And that is the article in Times by Haley Sweetland Edwards and Abby Vesulius. Um, and they... It's a really beautifully written article. So I, I encourage everyone to go and check it out. But it's one of those things where there's a huge history to the USPS that I never fucking knew. And it's clearly been under attack for a really long time. Yeah. And like, why? Why? This is an essential service. Don't you want to get your fucking mail on time? I want to get my shit like now, 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 because we have this like crazy society of <laughs> needing to... <laughs> I just forgot the words I was looking Immediate for. instant gratification. Yeah, gratification. instant gratification. Like, we absolutely need that shit. And I always, I pay extra for, like, that overnight shipping all the time. Yeah. Why are we trying to sabotage these people? So, um, because of the, probably because of the majority of the people that are hired, so. Well, there's that. Um, there's an interesting insight into sort of why someone would look down on the USP USPS. Um, so this is a fortune article written by Chris Matthews and it's talking about, um, former treasury undersecretary and chairman of the economic consultancy Sonicon, Robert Shapiro, and his analysis of <clears throat> some stuff, some benefits that the United States Postal Service receives from the government. Mm-hmm. So, he essentially puts together a monetary value on some of the, like, cool shit that USPS gets to do that a lot of other companies would not and are not able to do. Mm -hmm. So, and this is kind of what I was talking about earlier when we're kind of seeing what the other side has to say about, like, why they want to do this. Um, so, he's saying... That because of all of the, like, favors and congressional mandates that exist, we essentially 
give the post office about $18, $18 billion annually. And that's because, so we have laws that bar any other shipping service from delivering mail and packages directly to residential and business mailboxes. So, like, there are, like, certain things that, like, essentially make it so that they're a monopoly and that only they can do certain things. And he, Shapiro, estimates that that gives the U.S. Post Office a $14 billion annual boost. Which, for the record, is more than three times what the Postal Regulatory Commission estimates it to be, but just, this is what, this is what they're saying. Um... Tax breaks. The post office is exempt from state and local property and real estate taxes, along with other burdens like tolls, vehicle registration fees, and parking tickets. So that saves them $2.818 billion a year. Uh, They can borrow from the U.S. Treasury through federal financing banking at, like, really chill rates. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that so, like, it currently borrows the legal limit of $15.2 billion with a rate of 1.2%. Without this access, it would be paying somewhere between $418 million and, like, almost $500 million in interest a year. And that's, like, what other people would have to do. Yeah. Um, so, because of all of these things, the USPS pays its workers and salaries benefits, like, way further above the rates to similar workers in the private sector, Mm -hmm. which basically makes it so that the USPS kind of dominates. They can pay their people more so mail can't be privatized. And because we're a capitalistic society, like, they think that private businesses should be able to compete with USPS. (laughs) But private businesses, UPS... FedEx, all of those things, they're not required to deliver everywhere in the U.S. Yeah. But, like, if you live in the middle of fucking nowhere, USPS is required by law to bring you your shit. Yeah. So they're doing more than everyone else. Yeah. To begin with. But that was another thing. I literally sent screenshots of that article to Jimmy Jim. And I was like, Jim, what the (laughs) fuck is this dude saying? Because I'm not understanding... Because he kept saying that we, like, subsidize things, sub- like, they get subsidized, like, subsidies, and I was like, but the USPS literally says that they do not. So what are you talking about, Robert Shapiro? <laughs> so I literally had to send him screenshots and be like, what the fuck does this mean? And you're like, uh, adult, adult, please explain. Yeah, where is the grown-up? Um, so yeah. Because <laughs> it ain't me. It's not me. At almost 30. <laughs> yeah, no one fucking taught me that shit. Why do you think we have this podcast? No one taught us right? this shit. We right? had a fucking class on taxes? Hell no. Yep, absolutely not. That's an old drink. That's oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and I'm done. That's all of the information that I have. Oh my god. It was a lot of information, but it was really good, and it definitely explained how our country is systematically fucking over people who are a very essential service. Yeah. Like, why would you not want them performing at their fucking best? Right? Holy shit, you're doing yourself and the people, your constituents, a disservice by fucking them over. Yeah. 
this is how we know that you don't actually care about us, the little people. Yeah, and that you never actually have. Yeah. Mm. I really enjoyed that, Katie. Thank you. That was a great dissection. Thanks. (laughs) And I know, okay, okay. So I know there's that whole thing about uh, people being like, well, the Obama administration got rid of some of the mailboxes too. And I was looking at Snopes and yes, it was kind of like the same thing where they were saying that they weren't being used. But if once again... We're looking at where these are being taken out of. They are, it's not, taking it away is not serving the community that it is in. And we can call out the Obama administration for that too. Maybe you shouldn't have gotten rid of that shit. Dude, mm-hmm. Obama, Trump, like, why, I don't care who's right, taking it away. Why are we trying it's to fucked up. compare yeah. these two? Oh, but this, I don't care about your whataboutism if two if two people did the same thing, two presidencies in a row, and it's not helping us, then it's fucked up and it needs to change no matter what side they're on. Fuck you. Yeah. We're just trying to justify this shit. Seriously, it's ridiculous. <sighs> I'm going to step off my soapbox now. Oh, but the soapbox is so fun to be on. It's so fun to be on, if we're being honest. Ugh. <sighs> I, I'm I'm genuinely glad that there are people out there who enjoy hearing my rants mm. because um, I was like telling my dad like a crazy story about work when I saw him the other day. Don't worry, I get tested every two weeks, guys. I'm not going to kill my parents with coronavirus. Um, and we got like halfway through the story and I was being my very dramatic storytelling self and like Dan's little sister tells me that she loves the way I tell stories. My dad very much did not want to hear this story. And I was like, oh, good to know that there's people on the internet who like listening to me talk for like an hour. Yeah, I'll talk to them, dad. (laughs) I'll talk to them. (laughs) Fine, don't listen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, I don't know if we've decided what we're going to do next. So we'll let you guys know. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I have no idea, but we'll think about it. There's so many things to think about. Yes. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Do what you can to help one another. A little bit of kindness goes a very long way. We love you all so much. We do. Have a good night. Nighty noodles, pals. Sleep tight. Bye. Bye.